What's good, fam? This is your boy Dijon, and this is how to be a motherfucking legend. Yeah! This is the place to be for inspiration and the realization of your full creative potential. Uh huh. Each episode, we're gonna be sharing tips uh. and insights to help you unlock the greatness that is already inside of you. Okay. Yo, welcome back to How to Be a Motherfucking Legend. Got my boy Jonah Kest in the house. We connected for him to come on this podcast very organically. One time we just ran into each other at Airwine and I was like, yo, <laughs> this is what I'm working on. I would love to have you be a part of it. But you ended up having to go out of town. Yep. But we linked up at my homie Ryan's house last night and it just kind of flowed. So I'm glad to have you here. Thanks for having me, brother. Welcome, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So just a little introduction to Jonah. Um, his father is Brian Kest, and he's part uncle. of... Oh, your uncle. Your yeah. uncle is <laughs> Brian Kest. And um, maybe you can tell us more about the, the Kest yogic legacy, because it's pretty vast as far as I know. Yeah. Um, what do you want to know? Um, well, you started your life um, kind of being like born into this path, right? Yeah. So... I think that's different than me that like came to yoga and was it's been it's always been a part of you you know yeah so my father's a yoga teacher and my uncle brian's a yoga teacher right down the street in santa monica Mm -hmm. he has a donation studio Mm -hmm. and um their father gave the gift of yoga to them when they were 12. he moved to hawaii and brought him with him and they were practicing ashtanga every morning at 6 a.m there Mm -hmm. was no way around it Mm -hmm. they had to wake up even if they didn't feel good it was like every morning 30-day commitment ashtanga Mm. Mm. so they continued on with it brian moved to la my dad still is back in michigan and he has his studios there Mm. and um i moved out to la about three years ago to kind of get a different perspective and train with brian and kind of get under his wing a little bit Mm. um but yeah it all started from uh my grandfather and that's and the the lineage is through patabi joyce um, their teacher was David Williams, who learned under Patabi Joyce, who was the first person to bring Ashtanga yoga to the United States. Hmm. Cool. And what yeah. is specific about Ashtanga from other types of yoga? Ashtanga is definitely a more physically active type of yoga. It's very, it's very strong. Hmm. So I think that was what was attractive to my uncle and my dad. It was like they were young boys, so it was like. It wasn't too airy-fairy, it was just, it was strong, which I think kind of got him into it. A lot of handstands, a lot of arm balances. Um, but Ashtanga yoga, if you really think about it, is the reason why we have any yoga, any vinyasa class that you go to at Yoga Works at any of these studios, is the re- it came from Ashtanga. Mm. So Ashtanga was the forefront for everything. Okay. Any type of flow class, any power yoga, it all came from Ashtanga. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so... So, in my path, I've actually just recently reconnected with with my dad, like I was telling you about, and we did a podcast, but I definitely wasn't, like, born into a family lineage, but now I'm coming back to it, and I Mm. realize how important it is to be connected to your family, and especially the men in your family, because it helps Mm. you figure out the type of man you want to be, and... um, you were mentioning before we came on how you, there was a shift in your life and 
six to eight months ago you decided to move and fully pursue your your purpose yeah so maybe if you could just elaborate on what you feel like your purpose is and like what that path of fully stepping into it has been like yeah I'd love to answer that question and I think in order to answer it I'm just bring it back just a little bit okay and how I felt like I always growing up had role models I had my dad I had my uncle I kind of saw the magic and what they were doing and I'm like this works it really you could just tell by being around retreats and growing up you know running around the yoga studio I could just see people's energy and smiles after they go take a class and like really like the difference it's making in people's lives Mm -hmm. and I saw that from a young age so I think I really always knew I was gonna do it but like any person whose dad does something you want to rebel so it took me a while man I was really into into sports so I didn't really fully commit to yoga until I was 17 years old I decided to skip all sports in my senior year of high school and take and enroll in my dad's 200-hour yoga teacher training Mm. Um, and that was a little difficult because me and my dad although people might assume that I come from a yoga family and that everything was all lovey-dovey it really wasn't you know I think yoga found my family for a reason because we're a pretty like I don't want to say reactive family but I think yoga found us for a reason so Mm. growing up playing basketball my dad would coach me even with yoga there's definitely makes things more emotional but I think as I got older we were able to move past that and I could really look at him not just as my dad but a teacher which really I think strengthened our relationship and strengthen my certainty when I teach because I've just seen it so many times Mm. um so going into the question what was the follow-up question to well yeah so one I just want to say I really appreciate you sharing that because I feel like when we see people outside of ourselves it's easy to project something onto them like oh he was born into a yoga family like he lives his cool life he travels all over the world like his life is i wish i had his life his life is easy blah 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 but what you just spoke to is that like you're still a human being you still have a family just like everybody else you still have your shit yeah there's been a lot of uh a lot of wrestling matches between me and my dad let's put it that way <laughs> i feel you <laughs> i feel you so um the the follow-up question was just you were saying that six to eight months ago you decided to take a a more intentional step into really sharing the yoga so I would just love to hear about your process and what you learned yeah what that's looked like yeah I feel like with my journey in itself although everything's been very clear for me like it's like this is it this is my purpose I was born into it um, without it like being like blind like oh this is just what I'm supposed to do I feel like I really did have to find it my own but there has been a struggle of really separating myself from, I want to say it differently, maybe separating myself of being my own person and my own teacher instead of mimicking my dad and my uncle have such a strong influence on mm-hmm. me. So that's been a journey in itself. So I think that's one of the reasons I actually moved to LA is just to get a different perspective because I was learning from my dad every day. So I kind of wanted a little different approach. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, so I moved to LA and I was teaching, I would say, public classes just locally in Venice and Santa Monica for about two and a half years. And it was great. It really like allowed me to sharpen my tools. And I felt like a lot of these teachers that travel everywhere, they like, they teach the same thing, almost like a comedian. They're like teaching the same, um, the same role, you know, Mm -hmm. they have the same jokes. Mm -hmm. 
And I felt like for me to teach public classes really allowed me to like try new things and experiment with different themes, different sequences, and really build my repertoire, mm -hmm. really build my my knowledge and my experience. So then I could go out and, and really take it on the road and, and share it with as many people. So to your final question, about eight months ago, I decided to fully commit, um, and I sold my Ernest Sally, sublet my apartment, and. Um, I decided to go full-time traveling, so it's been about eight months and I've been hopping from city to city, sharing the lineage of yoga that was taught to me. Mm. And it's been fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really special. What are some of the highlights and some of the things you've learned? Hmm. I think the biggest thing that kind of like, I, kind of, I already knew, but like really, I really experienced was like yoga's everywhere, like everyone's doing it now. It's really mainstream. but. It's crazy to me that not just through social media, but just through yoga, like you have a home and a community everywhere you go. Like I've been in some crazy places like on the earth and there's people that will take you in and feed you and give you a home just through the connection of yoga. Like just because you do yoga and I do yoga, we're like, we're friends. Right. And experiencing that has been like almost surreal. Because it literally feels like I have family like globally. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That's dope. And then, in the process of going all these places, like what has been something that's been useful for you to connect with people? Hmm. I would say, kind of like we were discussing a little bit earlier, I feel like it's definitely a challenge and it, it took me a while the first few months where like I've always I, I have traveled to a few cities and you know taught a weekend of workshops but you know to step into a new community where nobody really knows you mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to win people over like it's not just as like easy like you don't just walk in there and everyone just like you know laughs and claps like it's not like <laughs> that you really have to show up and you know the doors are open maybe whether through its social media or whether through its family or connections you've made like maybe someone will open the studio to you but there's no guarantee that people are going to like you and people are going to invite you back right so for me it's like in order to show up and really connect with people you have to give everything you got in a 90 minute class mm. you really and i feel like the best way to do that is just completely open up and be vulnerable so everyone else can be vulnerable with you mm. maybe that's for me, sometimes I like to sing in class or, you know, be goofy and, and scream a little bit and, you know, whatever to do. to I, I like to use those kind of things to, first of all, soften me up, but in turn, it softens everybody else up to really kind of connect. So those are some of the things I've learned is just like really, really showing up fully and not half-ass. Yeah. So the vulnerability and authenticity. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. If yeah. you don't have that, man, you're in trouble. Yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And then I'm also curious, like, you know, your community was here. Has it been, like, lonely and all, leaving your community? Or, like, how have your relationships shifted now that you're going to spread your travel internationally? Mm, you're good at this, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it <laughs> once or good, twice. These are good questions. Yeah. Yeah, this has actually been probably one of the biggest struggles. I'm really glad you asked that because to bring it back to my family... Like I said, I have two role models, my father and my uncle. Mm -hmm. And one of them, my father, decided to stay in one place, build roots, grow a community, and not leave. Like, right. I don't think my dad's taken an actual personal vacation in 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like, he has been committed to creating community. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas my uncle travels to over a hundred cities a year, mm. and he's almost he loves what he does, but he's almost I want he's almost stuck because he has to travel to send his kids to private school and you know feed his family. So he he has a global community, but I think there's something really beautiful about just like committing and staying in one spot. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of been like experimenting with both. Like I tried it in LA, it was amazing. But now I'm like kind of trying what he's doing, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing the benefits of both lifestyles. But I'll be honest with you, traveling is not as glamorous as it looks on Instagram, and it looks mm. from from stories because a it's exhausting. I mean, security lines, airport, like it's just it's hectic. You're never really like your diet's always compromised. You know, you're always jet lagged. Um, every relationship you make is like very short. You don't really have an opportunity to like, I mean, unless you're really good at staying in touch with people mm-hmm. via online. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the downsides, but some of the upsides are, you know, you get to meet new people, have new experiences, try new foods. Mm. There's so, so it's kind of like, for me, I feel like this is definitely a short term thing, mm-hmm. but right now I'm just not even thinking about it. I'm just being present and totally. doing it. But those are kind of like the the things I've been struggling with. Like, do I want to, like, maybe move back home and, you know, open up a studio or, you know, just... Or do I want to keep being on the road? All right. Being a yoga rock star? Like, totally. Yeah, I totally get it. And there's, there's like, phases, you know, to life. And, like, maybe this is a phase of traveling and taking in stimulus and then that will further inform how you really want to, like, show up mm. in the world, you know? I do this project, the storytelling project, Souls of Society, mm. and like I spent years like walking the street and talking to people and like taking a lot of input, a lot of interaction. And in the last couple of years, I just been like, no, nah, I just want to stay at the crib, you know? <laughs> like I just want to <laughs> like stay in my little zone. Yeah. And I used to kind of judge myself for that, and I was like, mm. no, I've been doing a lot. Like I've been spreading and sharing a lot of energy. So now it's just like a, a grounding and an integration mm. time. So yeah, in my life in general, I'm just trying to do what feels right, like intuitively, mm. as opposed to what my mind wants to happen. Like, mm. oh, I want to be going out there. Or even like with my diet, like, you know, I'm a vegan or like all these things. Yeah. Like I've kind of let go of all of that and like, what in the present moment is my myself asking of myself Mm, those are some good insights yeah yeah i think it's it's you have to be very selective on where you're expanding your energy and who you're giving it to and what you're giving it to right those are uh really good practices to have because if you give yourself away or spread yourself out too thin you'll you'll eventually break down totally yeah um, and I've experienced that. I mean, I was telling you about that this morning, like in a new relationship, like not being as intentional with my energy as I would like, but also taking res- like one, there's taking responsibility for that and mm-hmm. not making it someone else's fault. Yep. And then two, recognizing that like I'm human mm-hmm. and I'm not always going to be operating at the highest efficiency, most aligned state of being. That's not what being human is about. So it's like, noticing what's not working and then correcting it yeah you know and also just being true to yourself like for example in your relationship just really setting the boundaries and just you being so confident and certain in your journey that nothing else can get in the way of it Mm. 
and it almost comes from a place of it's not discipline like it's not like oh like i'm so disciplined i'm gonna wake up every morning and go to sunrise right it can't you're you can't be fueled by discipline you have to be fueled by something you love and something you're passionate about yes because i i asked my dad he wakes up every morning and he he does his follow the yogi practice ashtanga where he does his practice and people come and practice with him and I'm like, how have you woken up that early for the last, like, what, how, how did you cultivate that discipline? And he goes, it's not discipline. I don't have to try. I love doing it. Right. And when you, people are so caught up with all these, like, social media people, like, you know, Gary Vee, like, oh, you have to be disciplined. You have to do the things you don't want to do. It's like, I don't believe in I that don't mentality. Believe that either, yeah. I believe if you're passionate and you love it, you're going to want to do it. Right. You're going to want to work it's, it's all devotion, day, every day. Devotion. So I think people should spend less time trying to be disciplined and just figure out what they love. I what, totally agree. That's the beauty of it. And that's then you'll find up. your yeah. purpose. Man. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there it is. <laughs> How to fully commit to your purpose. You know, it's, it's finding what you love and being devoted to that. Not like pushing, but more like flowing, like doing the things that make you feel good. Yeah. Being vulnerable, being authentic, allowing yourself to be human. Yeah. I was really inclined to have this conversation with you when I heard the title of your podcast, How to Be a Motherfucking Legend. How to Be a Motherfucking Legend. And I think that just by having these conversations, and I last night I actually Googled what it means to be a legend, and huh. you told me the title. And the first thing that came up was when somebody wins a thousand victories, anybody you know that has won a thousand battles is considered to be a legend. Mm. And then I kept doing a little bit more research and I found a quote from the Buddha that I feel like relates to being a legend and having victories and that kind of relates to this conversation. And it went, I'm gonna paraphrase here, but it said, more important to win a thousand battles to win the victory over yourself. Mm. And I think in order to win the victories outside of yourself, first you have to win the victory within yourself. Totally. And those go back to things like being true to yourself, winning the victory over your sluggishness, over your addictions. There's so many obstacles and we give all our energy and attention to everything else, like to other people, to other material things. So we really have to turn the attention inwards and then we can be fully present and fully in purpose yes and that's to me what it means to be a legend beautifully said <laughs> <laughs> freestyle yeah freestyle i appreciate that yeah. well this is uh johnny kest you can find him on instagram at kest yoga anything else you want to share with the people well man i'm just grateful to be on here and um i'm really grateful to you yeah thank Please, you brother i cannot wait to follow the rest of your journey and see all the the souls that you touch um Love you, brother. Love you too, brother. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll see you next week. I so appreciate you being here. If you enjoy the energy that we are creating and building, share it with the homies. Take a screenshot. Post it on your Instagram stories. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Really, those five-star reviews are really going to help this get to more people. Just let people know about it. And if you ever want help going deeper into yourself, developing yourself and doing that with a community and with guidance, head on over to programs.howtobeamotherfuckinglegend.com and we got you. Until next time, peace.